to another episode of Proactive Parenting, a show where I offer you judgment-free advice on how to raise value-driven children in a way that's right for your family using the most current scientific research out there. I'm your host, Dr. Deanna Marie Mason. I'm a certified pediatric nurse practitioner, published author, and expert in child development. I'm also the mom of two gorgeous teens, so I know firsthand how much misinformation is out there, and that's why I'm here. So grab a cup of coffee or tea and settle in. This is a safe space where you can ask questions and get real, honest answers about how to raise kids in a way that works for you. Today's topic is directly related to some new research that was recently published and it touches on an important childhood health topic. So today we're going to talk about why children don't need post-game or post-activity snacks and how this issue is related to overweight and obese children and teens. This past spring, researchers at Brigham Young University published the findings of their investigation about the average caloric intake of children from eating post-game snacks. And while this doesn't seem like an earth-shaking study, um, the results were really very interesting. And when combined with other information we know from other studies about childhood eating habits, parental perceptions, and childhood obesity, the information becomes much more thought-provoking. So let's, let me start by giving you an overview of the study and its findings. As I said, the researchers looked at how many calories children were consuming from post-game snacks in comparison to the number of calories the children burned playing sport. These sports included soccer, baseball, softball, and flag football. So sports with a fair amount of running. The researchers noted that in most instances, the children were offered at least two different types of snacks and or two different types of beverages. Frequently, these snacks were high calorie, high sugar, and high fat. And the sugar-sweetened drinks were offered at nearly 90% of the games, while natural water was offered at only 3% of the games. Comparing the energy expenditure during sports participation to the amount of calories consumed after the activity showed that children were consuming more calories from the snacks then they burned while playing. On average, they found that children were consuming between 45 to 60 calories extra. While this might not seem like a lot at first glance, you might be thinking, so what, 50 extra calories? That's not a big deal. However, there's actually other deeper implications. First, we know from the World Health Organization that 378 million children are overweight or obese. This is a tenfold increase in absolute terms from just 30 years ago. Back in the 1970s, only 4% of children were overweight or obese. 
Today, that number is 20%, or one in five children. As a human species, we haven't changed biologically. The causes of childhood weight gain are related to modern life and how we address food and eating. The good news of this reality is that we can prevent overweight children and we can find solutions to help kids reduce their weight if they're already carrying more than they should. However, we can't move towards these solutions if we don't understand how we got to this point and to recognize what we need to do to correct the issue. This is where the findings of the study are more relevant than they may appear at first glance. Most parents would not assume that sporting practices and games would be a place where children are being exposed to unhealthy food options. But from multiple studies, this seems to be quite common. This may stem from parents' beliefs that children playing sport need a special diet, or it may also be related to parents using the sporting matches as a point of socialization and bringing food as a means of community building. But regardless of the reason, understanding that these events are places where children are faced with unhealthy food choices can bring awareness to either change the types of foods and drinks being offered or simply stop offering them. With either of these solutions, we have the power to shift the cultural norms around food and sport so our kiddos can be exposed to healthier habits. The second implication of the study is that parents may not be fully aware of the role of exercise and sport in their children's lives. All children should be getting 60 minutes of exercise daily. This exercise can be done all at once, broken up into 15 or 30 minute bursts, be organized in activities like sport, or just be free play. The goal being that our little ones move their bodies to strengthen their bones and muscles, improve their gross motor skills like balance and riding a bike, and give their heart muscles some exercise for cardiovascular health. Many parents take advantage of organized sports to help their children meet these goals, which is fantastic. However, some parents may see organized sport participation as a special activity needing a special diet, which can lead to providing snacks after each practice and game. But this should be avoided. Let me explain why. Kids are supposed to be moving their bodies every day for health. If they're using recreational organized sport as a way to meet their daily exercise needs, then kids don't need any special diet. Eating a normal balanced diet with three meals a day is all that kiddos need to meet their energy needs and maintain a healthy weight. Many children spend a lot of time waiting to play, or even if they're on the field, they may not be moving all the time because there's so many team members playing simultaneously. So in some organized recreational activities, 
our kiddos aren't burning a ton of calories or at least not as many as we may suspect. So adding snacks after activities is only providing more energy than children actually need. And if those snacks are low quality, they may be inundating our kiddos with temptations they can't resist. But more importantly, if parents are pressing their children to eat after activities, they may be teaching their little one to eat even when they aren't hungry. Recreational sport is just part of a child's normal daily physical activity. They won't need any additional calories for these types of activities. Just providing plain water is all that is really necessary so that they stay well hydrated. Of course, there are some child athletes who are in intensive training programs for gymnastics, running, or soccer, just to name a few, that will need the oversight of a registered dietitian or nutritionist to assure they are getting the appropriate nutrients and calories to support their growing bodies as well as meeting the physical demands of their training schedules. But that isn't who we are talking about here. We're talking about our kids playing in community or school programs as a recreational activity. The third implication of the study's findings is the role of parental concern about their child's weight. Many parents feel that supporting their child's participation in recreational organized sport is a health positive activity because it helps with self-esteem, learning to work with others, getting adequate exercise, and helps with growth and development. These are all true and wonderful outcomes of participating in sport. However, some parents can overlook their child's weight issues because they see them participating in sport. Having children participate in athletics was associated with underestimating their weight. Parents make the connection that their child isn't overweight or obese because they play soccer three times a week, for example. Or parents may compare their child to the other children on the team and notice that they all look about the same so they don't view their child as being overweight. But with 20% of children being overweight or obese, these aren't good systems to make assessments about a child's weight. Underestimating children's weight and failing to see a child as overweight or obese makes it easier to offer snacks without worrying about the effects of those calories and what those calories will do to their weight. Studies have shown that parents frequently do not connect serving treats and the frequency to the weight of their children. So when we add this finding to the results of the current study on overconsumption of calories from post-game snacks, we see that parents may be erasing all the good of sport participation on weight management with high calorie foods and drinks after a game without actually realizing what's happening. So if we go back to the central finding of the study that our kids are consuming more calories from post-game snacks and drinks than the calories they burn playing sport, we see that there are many opportunities to change the cultural norm around snacking and children. 
It's okay that we allow children to play without creating a cycle where they expect a snack after physical exertion. Playing in recreational sports should be viewed as part of our child's 60 minutes of daily exercise. All the calories they need to support healthy growth and development can and should be consumed at mealtime rather than through snacking throughout the day. Providing plain water is all that's needed for most children who practice recreational sport. We also know that parents aren't always the best at evaluating their child's weight. This can lead to underestimate how snacking is affecting our child's weight. We should try to avoid mixing the health positive message of participating in sport and exercising or playing daily with the need to compensate with snacks. It's best if we avoid linking exercise with eating treats. I've heard parents say, it's okay to have a cupcake, you played really hard today. These types of messages disconnect our child from listening to their body's hunger signals. So it's best that we support children in eating only when they are truly hungry and not just tempted by a treat. And more importantly, not creating a justification for eating a treat. Finally, and probably the most difficult, is trying to change the culture around socialization and food. Many parents like to bring treats after a game to support a sense of community and fellowship. And while this is a lovely idea, it may be sending the wrong message to developing children. Adults are able to listen to their bodies and control their intake much easier than children. Parents need to set up healthy habits for children and model those behaviors so their kiddos can learn them. Suggesting that treats be saved for just the final game as a celebration may be a way to start. Encouraging parents to serve only plain water during and after games can immediately reduce calorie consumption. Or bringing only one type of snack that's healthy, such as carrot sticks, because they'll be less tempting, but provide nourishment for those players who are honestly hungry. Trust me, it's hard to get a kid who isn't hungry to eat cut up veggies. So reducing access and temptation to healthy foods and drinks is a wonderful way to shift the tide on overweight and obese children. Even in children who are a healthy weight, setting a good example and disconnecting food from exercise is a positive step to support healthy weight throughout life. Children do not need after-sport snacks. It's better that they eat three well-balanced meals and enjoy sport and exercise separated from food. I know this topic has sparked a lot of interest and opinions because it touches on nutrition and child obesity. If you have any comments or questions you'd like answered, please email me at my new email address, deanna at proactiveparenting.com. You can also find out more about me and what I do on my website, www.proactiveparenting.com. You can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for my name, 
Deanna Marie Mason, where you can also connect with other parents just like you. And finally, if you'd like to purchase any of my books or online courses, you can do that on my webpage. Again, that's proactiveparenting.com. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this episode useful and interesting. If you did, leave a comment and tell a friend so they can become a proactive parent too. Well, that's all from me for right now. This is Dr. Deanna Marie Mason signing off. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Until then, take care and